Welcome to the Tipping Point Show. I'm Jimmy Evans. Listen, we have a great show. We're talking about Israel today, talking about what's happening in real time in Israel and why I believe, according to the words of Jesus, it's about to get worse. It's not going to get better until Jesus returns. I'm also going to be introducing to you our new Israel correspondent. I've been asking you guys to support us so that we could hire someone. We've hired someone phenomenal person. He's going to be giving us breaking news on the ground. And this coming Friday, he's going to begin a regular feature here on endtimes.com. Stay tuned. We have a special program for you. Welcome to the Tipping Point Show. I'm Jimmy Evans. I'm so glad that you've joined me today. Today's show is about what's going on right now in Israel, current events, what's happening, going on the ground right now and what I believe is going to happen in the near future. And I'm going to be talking in detail about what I believe is about to happen. I'm also going to be introducing you later in the show to our new Israel correspondent. We're very excited to have a seasoned professional journalist who lives in Jerusalem on our team to keep you updated about what's happening in this critical time. And I'll introduce him here in just a little bit. But I want to begin today by talking about the problem with birth pangs and some very important things that Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 24 about birth pangs. And I'm going to read this text now from Matthew 24. Now, as I'm reading this, I just want you to, to hear this in light of current events that are happening right now, because I believe that what Jesus is describing is exactly what's happening right now. Matthew chapter 24, verse 3, it says, As Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered them saying, see that no one leads you astray for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and they will lead many astray and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed for this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of birth pangs. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and you will be put to death and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Now you need to remember that Jesus is talking to a group of Jews and they asked him a very specific question and they said, what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And he goes into the signs. He talked about spiritual deception. He said, many will come claiming that they're the Messiah. And there have been dozens and dozens of false messiahs that have come through the years. You can actually Google this and look at all the names of them. And so that certainly has been fulfilled. There are even people right now in Israel that are claiming to be the Messiah. And so spiritual deception, whether it's Jewish deception or whether it's just, you know, any kind of deception, the world is full today of spiritual deception. Then Jesus said wars and rumors of wars. Well, of course, this has been taking place the wars and rumors of wars for the last 75 years since Israel became a nation. Look today at the wars. When it says rumors of wars, it's talking about wars that are beginning to start or wars that are about to start. Uh, Taiwan, uh, you look at Ukraine, you look at the Middle East, which is a powder keg. And so just the wars and rumors of wars, nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom, famines, earthquakes, pestilences, all the things that Jesus is saying, they're happening right now. World Vision, by the way, you talk about famine. According to World Vision today, nearly 45 million people in 37 countries are at risk of starvation due to a lack of adequate nutrition. 22 ch million children 
are suffering from wasting severe weight loss that can lead to death if not treated. This, by the way, that number is equal to the combined populations of New York City, Los Angeles, Chicago, Houston, Phoenix, and Philadelphia. And by the way, the, the uh, famine in the world is growing uh, because of weather, because of the supply chain issues. We see a growing uh, level of famine in the world. And so Jesus also said there's just going to be worldwide hatred of Jews. Verse 9, Jesus said, then they will deliver you up to tribulation. You'll be put to death and you'll be hated by all nations from a namesake. Now, you know, we've always seen that and there's always been a certain level of that. October 7th, what you saw was October 7th was like uh, lancing a boil. There's always been this anti-Semitism. There's always been people who are against Israel. But remember, on October the 6th, there was uh, peace deals being made all over the world, all over the Middle East between Israel and other nations. Saudi Arabia was ready to make uh, a new level of peace with Israel right before all this happened. But whenever you saw October 7th happen, they were given up to tribulation. They were killed exactly the way Jesus said. And now you see worldwide anti-Semitism that has never happened in the history of the world. There's always been anti-Semitism in the world. And like World War II, there was certainly a, a great level of anti-Semitism, not like there is today, not worldwide like we see it. All nations today around the world. I read an article this morning about Australia. There's been over 400% increase in anti-Semitism in Australia recently, so much so that the leaders of, of Australia are taking a stand against it and trying to do something about it. America, skyrocketing anti-Semitism. Europe, Germany, skyrocketing anti-Semitism. There was an airport in Russia where the, the Rus Russians uh, rushed a plane with Jews on it to drag the Jews off in, in anger, again, to persecute them. So Jesus says, there's going to be the birth pangs, then they will deliver you up to tribulation. So in other words, this is sequential. There's going to be the birth pangs, but then at the end, they're going to deliver you up to tribulation, kill you, and you'll be hated by all nations. Now, isn't that an unbelievable statement that Jesus made? And it's happening right before our very eyes. And here's what I believe because of birth pains. I want to talk about birth pains is what we're experiencing in the world right now is terminal. It will not stop until the end comes. And that's the issue of birth pains. The problem with birth pains, first of all, is they get worse. Okay. And so when a, a woman goes into labor and she starts having birth pains, those birth pains get worse. They also get closer together. And so October 7th was a severe contraction. We've seen the birth pains happening for 75 years. Now we have a severe contract contraction happening now. And again, they get closer together and they don't stop until there is a birth. And so what is going to happen next? Well, I don't know exactly what's going to happen related to, you know, the wars uh, related to Hamas, Hezbollah, Syria, Yemen, the Houthis in, in, uh, in Yemen, all that kind of stuff, Iran. I know there's going to be a war, Ezekiel 38 and 39 war. I know there's going to be a Psalm 83 war. I don't know exactly when those wars are going to happen, but there's going to be wars. But let me say this. The next major event that's going to happen, I believe, is going to be the rapture of the church and then the Antichrist who brings false peace. Now, everything that's happening, Jesus said in Luke chapter 21, there's going to be distress of nations with perplexity. Perplexity means there's no answers. No one can find an answer. Well, the Antichrist is going to come with answers. He's going to confirm a covenant 
with Israel for seven years, and he's going to bring in a false peace. All of the problems, can you imagine what would happen to a man right now who showed up on the world scene and had an answer for the situation in the Middle East that no one's been able to answer for, for decades? This man is going to come on the scene. He's going to be the Antichrist. Now, we will not see as believers, we won't be here when that happens because 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul says, he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Then the lawless one will be revealed. Now, he who now restrains, that's capital H, is the Holy Spirit in the church. We are now, the Holy Spirit is still going to be here when the church is gone. But the restraining force of the church is going to be removed in the rapture. Then the lawless one is going to appear. Now, I don't know. I, I never set dates, uh, ever set dates, because I don't know the dates. But I'm telling you, we're in the birth pangs. And the birth pangs are very, very severe. What is happening in Israel right now, it, it just almost couldn't be worse. It is such a terrible situation. Hamas having all these hostages, relief, releasing a few hostages at a time. Israel is in a situation where they just, they can't win. They're doing the very best they can. We need to continue to pray for Israel. But let me, let me say, go back and say this. There's going to be the rapture. The Antichrist is going to come on the scene and make this covenant. This, it's, the situation is ripe right now for the Antichrist to show up. Then there's going to be seven years. For three and a half years, there's going to be this false peace between the Antichrist and Israel in the middle of the, the tribulation. Jesus talks about this in Matthew 4. Daniel talks about it in Daniel 9. Paul talks about it in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Uh, John talks about it in Revelation 13. The Antichrist is going to enter a rebuilt temple in Israel. They're ready to rebuild right now. And so a rebuilt temple in Israel, and he's going to proclaim himself God and set up the abomination of desolation. That is when all hell breaks loose. And for the next three and a half years, he's attacking the Jews, trying to destroy the Jews. And at the end of that three and a half year period, the full seven year tribulation, at the end of that, there's a second coming. Well, this is Revelation 19. Zechariah 14, when we return with Jesus and Jesus sets up his millennial kingdom. Now, these are the major events that are about to take place. So what we're seeing today will intensify until the rapture and then the appearance of the Antichrist and his covenant with Israel. So here's three reasons why I believe things will get worse until Jesus comes. Number one is the explosion of worldwide anti-Semitism, just as Jesus prophesied. This is not going to get better. This is going to continue to get worse. The UN Secretary General Guterres justified what Hamas did publicly. This is the leader of the United Nations. When the Bible says that the whole world is going to come against Israel, that's the United Nations. That's the United Nations and all of their, you know, uh, uh, nations that are a part of the United Nations. They come against Israel trying to force them to give up Jerusalem. That's what Zechariah chapter 12 says. This is a CNN article from October the 31st. This is, a, this is an excerpt. It says, Jewish day schools have canceled classes. Synagogues have been locked. Social media has pulsated with hatred against Jews, leaving a community that can never escape its historic trauma, yet again wondering where and when it can ever be safe. Rising hate is tangible. The idea that Jewish Americans studying at Cornell University could so fear for their lives on their Ivy League uh, campus in rural New York that they couldn't even eat together in 2023 seems almost impossible to believe, yet it's the case after death threats were posted online. 
Tensions were already high after a Cornell professor said he was initially exhilarated over the Hamas attacks at pro-Palestinian event at a pro-Palestinian event because the group had changed the balance of power. He later apologized for his choice of words. Police Monday stepped up patrols, and New York Governor Kathy Hochul, a Democrat, traveled to campus to the campus to vow that we will not tolerate threats or hatred or anti-Semitism. But a feeling of fear pervades Cornell, said Molly Goldstein, co-president of the Cornell Center for Jewish Living. Jewish students on campus right now are unbelievably terrified for their lives, she told CNN. I would have never expected this to happen on my university campus. This, frightened online th this frightening online threats at Cornell, which are just a part of the spate of anti-Semitism exacerbated by the fallout of the Gaza war, has many Jews wondering if their safety can be guaranteed in the United States, let alone in Israel, where the attack shattered the illusion of security for the Jewish people. Pro-Palestinian protests at some universities have crossed over the line into anti-Semitism and prompted Republicans and some Democrats to warn campuses in the grip of far-left radicalism. And so worldwide pro-Palestinian protests uh, and they're chanting from the river to the sea. That's from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea. What that means is destroy the Jews, completely get rid of the Jews, totally eradicate the Jewish state. Okay, and I'm gonna talk about that more in just a minute. But again, in Russia, the airport, the, a plane was mobbed in Beverly Hills, this very exclusive community. There was a Holocaust survivor's home that was graffitied and it said F Jews on the side of this home, a Holocaust survivor. And so th this, the anti-Semitism in the world is going to grow to a point that all the world is gonna march on Israel. And that's what the Bible says. The second reason I believe it's gonna to continue to get worse is the resolve of Israel's enemies to destroy them. And there has never been the type of resolve that there is today. Psalm 83, and you've heard me probably, if you've hear, heard the show before, you've heard me quote this. Let me read this again, Psalm 83. It says, do not keep silent, O God. Do not hold your peace and do not be still, O God, for behold, your enemies make a tumult and those who hate you have lifted up their head. They have taken crafty counsel against your people and consulted together against your sheltered ones. They have said, come and let, them cut, let us cut them off from being a nation that the name of Israel may be remembered no more. Okay, so this is Iran. This is Hezbollah, this is Hamas. This is also the Palestinian Authority. Now the Palestinian Authority officially recognizes Israel's right to exist. Hamas does not. Hamas never would. That's why there was the schism uh, between the Palestinian Authority and Hamas. And so the attacks of October 7th, the Palestinian Authority, Authority still hasn't condemned the Hamas attacks of October 7th and won't because they know the Palestinian people support it. Here's an excerpt now from the Jewish News Syndicate. This is from November 21st, 2023. This is an excerpt. One of the reasons why Palestinian leaders refuse to condemn Hamas's October 7th massacre is because they know that many Palestinians support the atrocities committed by the Iran-backed Palestinian terrorist group. Unlike the Biden administration and many Europeans, these leaders, including Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas, are fully aware of the widespread support among their people for any group whose goal is to murder Israelis and destroy Israel. The Palestinian leaders, in addition, are also aware that a majority of the Palestinians are opposed to the deluded Western fantasy 
of a two-state solution. Hope you're enjoying this, and I want to remind you to subscribe to this channel. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't done that yet. That just means everything that we put out, you're going to be able to get it here on YouTube. Hit the like button so other people see what we're doing here, and they get this information also. And I just remind you, for $7 a month, you can become a subscriber of endtimes.com. You get the entire uh, show here every week without commercials. Mark Hitchcock has a podcast that comes out on Thursday. Fantastic podcast. You get that entire uh, podcast without commercials. Also, Brian Schrager, our new Israel correspondent. You'll get his uh, podcast that comes out every Friday with breaking news, what's happening in Israel right now. All the articles, everything else that we have that comes out all week long, $7 a month. You'll be able to get that. You help us. You support this ministry, but also you help yourself. You bless yourself. And you also, this time of year, want to remind you, give a gift subscription. Maybe you're a subscriber already. Give a gift subscription. It may be a real blessing to someone that you would give a gift subscription to and really help and encourage them. But God bless you. Well, this is a blessing. We'll go right back now to the show. Remember now, the Palestinian Authority, the, uh, the Biden administration and many nations around the world are pressuring them to try to enter into this two-state solution. And the two-state solution would be with the Palestinian Authority. And most Palestinians do not want to recognize Israel's right to exist or coexist with them. They would see that as a first step to the eradication of Israel. It will not create peace any more than giving Gaza to the Palestinians created peace in Gaza. It did not. It never will. It's, a, it's an illusion. It's a fantasy, according to that article that I just read. Another reason, the third reason I don't believe that things will get better, that they'll get worse, is the pressure against Israel to divide their land. Now, there's a new issue here. Now, there's been, there's been a tremendous amount of pressure on them to give up East Jerusalem and to give up the West Bank. But there's a new issue and the issue is Gaza. And Prime Minister Netanyahu has made it very clear, they're not gonna give Gaza back. They said, we didn't invade Gaza to give it back to the Palestinians. It's not gonna happen. They're gonna stay there. Well, you know good and well, the world is never going to ease up on Israel giving up. And by the way, how can they give up Gaza? You know, because it's, it's a terrorist hotbed. It's in control of Hamas. And so this is an issue now that is adding to East Jerusalem and the West Bank. And so the world is calling for a two-state solution. The United States of America, the Biden administration, is calling for a two-state solution. In Joel 3, God says, in those days and at that time, I'm going to bring the nations down to the Valley of Jehoshaphat and enter into judgment there on account of my people, my heritage Israel, whom they've scattered among the nations and they have divided up my land. This has been happening now for decades under many different administrations, Democrat and Republican. The pressure in God says, this is my land. And one of the reasons that God is so angry and he's going to enter into judgment with them is the pressure to divide up land. Think about what I'm about to say. The entire world is now galvanized. Some in favor of Israel, most not in favor of Israel the entire world's attention. You turn on your news, and if it's not talking about Israel, it's going to be talking about Israel very soon. This tiny little nation in the Middle East is now garnering the entire world's attention and much of the world's hatred at a level we've never seen before, and the pressure on Israel right now is to give up East Jerusalem and to give up the West Bank. And by the way, when they give up East Jerusalem and the West Bank, the Jews can't live there anymore. They have to move out. 
and you have probably somewhere around 700,000 Jews that would immediately lose their homes and have to relocate. And so Zechariah 12, it talks about uh, the end. And this is what God says, Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of drunkenness to all the surrounding people when they lay siege against Judah and Jerusalem. It shall happen in that day that I will make Jerusalem a very heavy stone for all peoples. All who would heave it away will be surely cut in pieces, though all the nations of the earth are gathered against it. We know the future. The Bible tells us the future in advance. And we know that this Israel issue, this Jerusalem issue is not going to get better. It's going to get worse until the entire world. This is, by the way, when the second coming happens, when Jesus returns, all the world is gathered against Jerusalem there to try to force them to give up. East Jerusalem and to give up all the, the, the land that is uh, being contested, possibly all their land at that point in time. And so this is, this is current events. This is what's happening. I had someone asked me, it been a couple of years ago, two or three years ago, they said, Jimmy, what if you're wrong? I mean, you, you have this ministry where you're telling everybody to get ready for the end. What if you're wrong? And I said, there's a 100% chance that I could be wrong about any issue but I don't talk about my opinions. I talk about what the Word of God says, and there's a 0% chance of God being wrong. Now today, I've had a lot of people tell me since October 7th, everything you talked about is happening right now. Again, this is not me, my opinion. What the Bible says is happening right before our very eyes. The problem with birth pains, when Jesus talked about birth pains, is they get worse, they get closer together, and they don't stop until something is birthed. The next birth, I believe there's going to be two appearances of Jesus. One is privately to the church. It could happen any second. Nothing else has to happen for the rapture to happen. And so the next thing that's going to happen is the rapture. Seven years later, the second coming, the second appearance of Jesus, where every eye will see him. According to Revelation 19, Zechariah 14, every eye will see him. And we'll be there for that for seven years during the tribulation. We're at the marriage supper of the Lamb, and the world is going through the wrath of the Lamb. And if you're listening to this right now and you're not a believer, I'm saying everything the Bible says would happen is happening. And the most important thing for you to do right now is to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's very simple. It's a free gift. He paid for your sins when he died on the cross. The reason that the world today is going to enter into judgment is they've rejected Jesus as their Messiah. And so God is not mad at you. God loves you. And to make peace with God, it just simply means that you invite Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Just invite him to come into your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. I commit my life to you. That's all it takes. And when you say that prayer, your eternity changes. And this is a time for us to be right with God. It's a time for us to remember we don't live in this world forever. This world is very temporary, but we're going to live in heaven or hell forever. We have an eternal destiny. Jesus dies so that no one would have to go to hell, but everyone could go to heaven. But it's a personal decision that God is not going to enforce on you. It's a personal decision that you have to make for yourself. And Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in and dine with him and he with me. The door is the door of your heart. And he knocks. He doesn't beat the door down. He doesn't kick it down. He knocks. But if you open the door, he'll come in and be the Lord of your life. The world right now, including the United States, is trying to force Israel to give up East Jerusalem, the West Bank, and the Gaza Strip to people who want to destroy them and have exhibited that desire on October the 7th. 
The Antichrist will have a plan that will be embraced by Israel and the world, but it will be a lie and it won't last. And Daniel 9 talks about that. And so I just want to say again, this is happening in real time. The things that I'm talking about right now, this is happening in real time in our news every day. And we need to be paying attention. Right now, I want to welcome our new Israel correspondent to the show to discuss more about what's happening there right now. Brian Schrager has been a previous guest on the show and has worked as a journalist in Israel since 2014, serving for two years as the head of the news division for Bridges for Peace, and until 21 as the bureau chief for USA Radio Network. Throughout the years, Brian has also written a number of news reports and articles, most of which have been published by the Jerusalem Post. And Brian, I want to thank you for joining me today, and we're so excited about having you join us as our Israel correspondent. Thank you, Jimmy. I'm excited too. Well, you, you have a lot of experience uh, over there in that area of the world covering the news. And you're over there right now, obviously, in the midst of just the absolute crisis that started on October 7th. Tell, tell us what is going on over there right now. The culture that is living in, in the very middle of trauma. It, it's not that it has been traumatized. This is a culture that is being traumatized. Israelis across the board are waking up in the middle of the night and they find they are unable to go back to sleep. They get up, they check the news. Um, maybe they go back to sleep. They work hard, they volunteer, they, that their hearts absolutely break uh, over every death. Soldiers that have been killed in the operation in Gaza up to this point, it's like losing a family member. It's not like anything we've ever experienced in the United States. Um, and, and then as this temporary ceasefire has been implemented and a limited number of hostages have been returned, everybody is on their phones, on their computers every day, all the time looking and staying up late to see the hostages return, to, watch, to see if they're okay, to see who they are, to watch the reunions, and tears are, are shed. Now, at the same time, there is there's a sense of great resolve and anger. There, there's a recognition that Israel literally cannot afford to allow Hamas to continue its reign of terror in Gaza, a terror that not only is expressed toward Israel, but actually toward its own Palestinian people. Uh, this, is be, this is recognized now as an existential threat to the state of Israel. The, the problem is the, 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 the tension between uh, a determination, a respect and love for life that leads to a determination that hostages must be freed whenever there's a possibility. And so this tension now is, is pulling Israel on, on both sides. Uh, they know they have to deal with Hamas, and if they don't, it's going to come back and haunt them. And at the same time, they are absolutely committed to life, and they, they there's this deep, deep passion. So it's a, it's a very difficult, traumatizing situation. Prime Minister Netanyahu, Brian, the, what kind of support 
is he experiencing right now in the midst of all this? Very little. Um, I don't think he's going really? to survive as prime minister in the long term, although many in the past have predicted his demise and he's proven them wrong. In this case, however, I, I think I don't think he's going to end up, you know, surviving as as prime minister. The almost every other government official, even military leader, has taken some sort of responsibility for the negligence that resulted in the ability of Hamas to invade this huge swath of Israel on October seven. And Netanyahu's not yet done so and has indicated, you know, he doesn't seem willing to do so at all to accept any responsibility. He says that, you know, there will, that will be addressed after. But that is, um, that, right. that, that's another tension pulling here is that there's, there's sorrow over the, the loss of life. There is rejoicing at, at the recovery of, of hostages. And there is anger toward the enemy, but there's also anger about the way this was, the situation, how it developed. Um, it, it's beginning to be addressed. I mean, there's a, there's a feeling that perhaps this will be, everything will be looked at after the war is over. But it seems, there seems to be a rising um, tide of sentiment that may cause a change to happen sooner than later. So we'll just have to see. Uh, it's, he's not in a good position right now. I was talking in the, the teaching today about birth pangs and about, you know, that they get worse. There, there's going to be, according to the Bible, an antichrist figure that shows up at some point and things will get better temporarily at that point. Is there the sense, Brian, on the ground in Israel right now that things are getting worse related to Hezbollah, uh, the militias in Syria, the Houthis in uh, just and also the uh, terrorists in the West Bank. Are things calming down? Is there the sense that it's calming down? Is the sense that it's heating up? What, what's going on over there now? The sense is that we're still in the middle of a crisis and that it's intense and that the intensity has not diminished. I don't know that there's a sense of it being greater or worse, but that it's already pretty much just overwhelming and it's on every side. And so defenses are up on every side. Uh, and, uh, yes, I mean, the, you look at the news and very clearly there are incidents happening in Judea and Samaria, what the world calls, calls the West Bank. There, uh, there was a terror incident very close to where I live a week or so ago, a major checkpoint used on what's called, some call the Bible Highway Route 60 that goes north and south in, through Jerusalem. Um, a checkpoint there, a terrorist drove up from Hevron, which is a Palestinian stronghold, and uh, shot at, at these um, border patrol policemen there, and one was killed. So th there are eruptions of violence in the West Bank, and, and there's no doubt that Hamas and other players would love to see this ignite in the West Bank as well. However, at least up to this point, while there are there have been some outbursts in the West Bank, the feeling here is in the in the West Bank, in Judea, Samaria, in the areas controlled by the Palestinian Authority, the feeling is that 
business is hurting. We would like to get past this and get over it. Um, and this may be more a sentiment among Christian Palestinians than Islamic ones. But business has slowed down um, in the Palestinian territories. I have some understanding of this in Bethlehem. Uh, Bethlehem is a in part of the Palestinian Authority. It's under their governance. And I am there quite a bit. And uh, all the roads are shut down. You, um, cars cannot go in and out of the Bethlehem area. Every single, every single entrance and exit is blocked, either with stones or a gate or even berms of earth. So um, that means business has slowed down. I don't, I don't think that it's yet going to ignite here. In the, that is in Judea and Samaria. So the Iran is the puppet master of all of this. They're the one orchestrating this. And there was an opinion piece in the Jerusalem Post this weekend ca calling for the United States to strike Iran. And uh, I, I put in my book, Tipping Point, and this was published a couple of years ago, I put in here that it was just a matter of time before Israel would have to strike Iran. And I still believe that's the case. Obviously, this is not a time when, you know, I guess that that would be considered an option publicly. Do you believe there's a possibility? I mean, because Iran is striking U.S. installations in Iraq and Syria. Uh, they're supporting everything that's happening financially and politically and everything else with Hamas, Hezbollah, and everybody else. Do you believe that there is the possibility of Iran, not, not through their proxies, but but them becoming engaged militarily with Israel or the United States? It doesn't look that way right now. Um, Iran has successfully played the role of being puppet master over its puppets, Hezbollah, the Syrian, Syrian rebels, uh, the Houthis in Yemen, um, and of course, Hezbollah. Uh, and Israel is already fighting on two fronts, or mainly fighting, of course, in Gaza, but it has a major uh, line of defense in the north. Um, more people have been evacuated from the north of Israel than have been from the envelope around Gaza. So it doesn't seem likely that at least in the near term, Israel would launch a major offensive offense against Iran. And also, and of course, part of the picture is that Israel is working very closely with the U.S., um, which has been its primary, primary um, ally. And I don't think that, I just don't think that would be likely to happen unless the U.S. was completely behind it and Again, Israel is, too, is stretched too thin right now, I think, to do that in the near term. It is continuing to carry out, I mean, we can assume, <laughs> looking at the news, it, it is continuing to carry out covert operations, as it has done over the last 10 years. When we've heard of explosions at plants and munitions facilities yeah. in Iran, and all of it smacks of intelligence uh, intelligence operations by Israel, covert operations. Right. Um, and of course, Israel has been regularly bombing Iran, right. Iran facilities in Syria. 
I mean, almost every day <laughs> for the last couple of years. So again, right. I don't think it's likely to yeah. go after it, its nuclear program in the near term. It may have to eventually. It certainly seems that way. But this is guess. This is guesswork. This is just how it appears right now. Uh, and also, when we have breaking news, it's great that we have you over there now that we can have someone on the ground talking about what's happening in real time. But Brian, again, we're very excited about having you here on the team at endtimes.com and Tipping Point. And I really do believe that God has put you there for such a time as this, because I do believe this is terminal. I don't know the exact dates or times, but it just seems as though, you know, Israel's been a nation for 75 years and there's now kind of a compressed situation where things are very severe. Like you said, you, you're in crisis and this is a very real thing is you're, you're being the, the, the trauma that's yeah. being experienced yeah. in Israel is exactly what Jesus said would happen. And so God bless you and look forward to seeing your first uh, installment coming up this Friday. And uh, thank you for joining me today, Brian. And thank you guys for tuning in today for Tipping Point. Remind you, I do have my book, uh, Tipping Point, right here. And the reason I titled it Tipping Point is because I believed when I wrote this, as I believe right now, we're at a point of no return. That's what tipping point means. You're, we're not going back to the times before all this started happening. This is terminal. We're going to see the end. That's good news for us as believers. Also, Mark Hitchcock and I have written this book, What's Next? The Israel-Gaza War, talking about real time, what's happening over there right now, where Israel came from and why they have a right to that land what's happening over there now, but also prophetically where this is headed, I'm talking about what's next. And so if you don't have these books, it's good to go online, uh, to go on endtimes.com. Also, you can go on amazon.com and get the books. Again, thank you also for all of you who supported us financially. And I was asking you guys for financial support so that we could hire an Israel correspondent. And I wanna thank you for all of you who have responded. You can continue to give at give.endtimes.com. And you can go there and give a gift. You can also give a recurring gift, which is a great blessing here to the ministry. We want to keep growing. We want to keep uh, uh, building this ministry so that we can be there giving you the information and encouragement that you need in these very severe times that we're living in. God bless you. We'll see you next time.